This is a shear on Likutei Sichais, Chelik Tezvav, the 15th book of Likutei Sichais, the Sich of Lech Lecha, the 4th Sich, Lech Lecha Dalit. L'chaim. Shaychus, in connection with the promise of Hashem to Abram. In our partial Lezal, Achoet, and it's also says to your offspring, to your children, I will give this land. So the Medr says... <clears throat> when Abraham Avinu was traveling through Aram Naharaim on his way to the land of Canaan, he saw them, and I'm going to quote Belashna Medeshir, eating and drinking. What does Ufeichazim mean? So I, just because we live in year 2022, I want to use a word. You tell me if it fits. The word, I took out here my... Um, Let's see, they eat, they ate, and drank, and poichazim. So, listen to how he translates it based on the Mefarshi Hamedish. Umishtoivavim, they're, you know, uh, playing around. Umisparim, being wild. Belitzanus, cynically, jokingly. Mikol oil, umikol musartoiv, free of, uh, and laughing and cynical at any burden, any obligation, or any good behavior pattern. Because they had such a, an abundance from the river that they were living at. So, you tell me if you agree for the translation. in partying. They were eating and drinking and partying in a negative way. They were just, you know, having a good time. Cynical and free of all, all, all obligation, free of uh, keeping to good uh, deeds and good uh, etiquette and good behavior. Eating and drinking and partying. Omar and Abram said, I hope that I don't have a portion in this world, in this land. When he came to the place at the entrance to Eretz Canaan, which was called Tzor, and here the Mefarshah Medrash point out why is it called Sulama. Sulama means a, 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 um, a ladder. So Tzur was on a mountain. And so when he came to the place, it's called the mountain, the ladder of Tzur, because you have to climb up to get there. In other words, when he came to Tzur, the entrance there, it's Kenan, Roy, saw them, Asukim Benikush. They were busy with pruning, with raking, hoeing. In other words, they were actively engaged in working the land. Omar said, I hope and I wish that my portion will be in this land. Omar Baruchu, to this Hashem responded and said, to your offspring I will give this land. Not the land where they eat, drink, and party, where they don't work. They're just living on some kind of a handout based on the, you know, on the area, the abundance of the area they're living in. You're going to get this land which has a work, basically a work ethic. Interesting, I just want to inject here that there's a letter from the Rebbe to the Sarho Aveda, the Minister of Labor in Israel, quoting this Medrash and saying, your position is, a, is an enviable position, it's an important position, as you see that Abraham Avinu identified as being one of the most important values as being not just hanging around lazy, to use our language, couch potato, but working. Now the Rebbe comments and is going to build and explain on this. Since the Medrash connects the Eibishter's promise. promises to give to Avraham Avinu's children this land. The Medrash connects it with the fact that Avraham Avinu was desirous of this land. He asked for it, Halavai. And why is it? Because of the work ethic, the occupation, occupation in work of those dwellers in that land. So we understand from this 
that the reason for the greatness of this land is their work, their behavior in terms of responsibility of work. And that's not just Avraham Avinu's desire to the land, but we understand that if Hashem responds to that desire, says, yes, I'm giving you this land, it's because there's obviously something intrinsically valuable about the fact that the dwellers of the land were of a industriousness. They worked. So now we have the question. The fact that Avraham Avinu says, I hope that my portion will be in this land. This also means that he's just saying, I hope my portion is going to be within the dwellers of this land. In other words, I want to be part of this society that contributes and that, that is industrious. So for this we understand that Avraham Avinu wanted to live and he says, this is where I would want to live. He wanted to live between people that are acting in an appropriate manner. They work. And not between people that are acting inappropriately, eating and drinking and partying. However, that the promise that Hashem says, I'll give your offspring this land, means that the Yidin will be given this land totally to be theirs. It will be in their dominion. They'll live there alone. So if they're going to be living there alone... That means they're not going to be part of that society, that industrious society. Who says that's going to remain? In other words, if you kick out that society, and now the Bnei are going to be giving this land, what is now the, the value of the land have anything to do with the society that previously lived there? So the says that Bnei's base, we could explain that there is a concept that the behavior of the people of the land shows on the special qualities of the land. As, as, as Chazal tell us, when the Bnei Sol go to check out with the spies at its Canaan, he says, I want you to see the land because you can tell from the land, there are some lands that give forth to strong people. In other words, there are certain human characteristic traits, physically and perhaps also, in the, as the Rebbe is saying here, in terms of behavioral patterns that are as a result of the topology, a result of the physical uh, uh, or is it a, a topography? Is that the word I'm looking for? The physical geographic location, somehow the land itself engenders and, and inspires or leads to a certain physical, to a certain physique and to a certain behavior pattern. We could say that. So Avraham is saying this land that gives yield to such people that are industrious and based have a good work ethic, that's, where I, that's the land I want. However, you have to understand that that doesn't seem to be the case. Chazal tell us, that the deeds of the Canaanites were Mekulkalim, were more perverse and more negative, Mikolamim, than all the other nations. As Rebbe brings in footnote 4, there are other versions that say, Those places, that place in Canaan where the Bnei Yisrael resided, Mekulkalim, that was the worst possible place. So since we're talking about a land that obviously had people within it, the Canaanim, who were the most Mekulkalim, they were the worst of all nations, even worse than Aram Na'alaim, where the issue there was that they were partiers, but it doesn't say that they were Mekulkalim like the Canaanim. So how can you say that just because Avraham Avinu identified this one characteristic trait, this one redeeming character, that they're industrious in terms of their work ethic, that that should be enough to say that all the... And, and even if you say that that comes from the land, but then if you look at the general behavior of the Canaanim, who also come from that land, you see, you see undesirous behaviors in the majority. So how does that one character trait 
overpower all the others. And then Abraham says, I want to live in this land because this land gives birth to industriousness, to work ethic. We have to understand this. Why does Avram Venus single out this character trait and say that this is the place I want for my, for my, um, for my offspring? So now let's, in general, analyze the specialty and the chashivos, the advantage and the specialty of work. So about this, the Chazal tells us, Amen, Gemar, in Sanhedrin, Daf Tzadik Tes. Now this is a sikha that the Rebbe spoke extensively when he reached the age of 70. We you know at the age of 70, people were telling him the Rebbe should slow down, should take it easy a little bit. And the Rebbe launched into, uh, <laughs> into more work than ever before, as we all know. And... Um, On a personal note, you know, people of my age were born around the time that I ever turned 70, a little bit before, but our engagement, our, 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 our direct receiving from the Rebbe and the incredible build-up of activity and talk and interaction and so on is after the Rebbe turned 70. So the Rebbe spoke about Adam la'omal yulad, man is created to toil. And then we gave a very extensive explanation on this. This is one part of that, that talk. And it's, a, it, it's actually a synopsis of, of what the Rebbe was saying there. So, Gimel, let's, let's jump into it. About the importance of work, Chazal tells us, Amar Abelazar, says, Kal Adam la'amol nivra, every man was created to toil. Shanem, as it says, a pasuk in Iyev, Ki Adam la'amol yulat, man was created to toil. The Rebbe would say this pasuk, Adam la'amal yivolit. The actual vowelization in Iyav is yulad. So Adam la'amal yulad, man is created to toil. Says the Gemara, I don't know. Im la'amal pen nivram la'amal malacha nivra. Is he created to toil with his mouth or to create it to toil in actual activity, physical activity? When we have another verse that speaks about the toil of man. There's a verse in Mishlei, that also refers to Amal. And that verse is... Um, that verse in Mishlei is... It's brought in the Gemara Sanhedrin. Nefesh Amel Amlaloi ki akaf alav piu. Which means, if a person toils, the Torah will toil for him, for he saddled his mouth in it. In other words, referring to Amal as being toil of mouth. Ki akaf alav piu, because he... Um, saddled and uh, forced his mouth to be occupied with this amal, with his toil. So here we see that toil that a person is supposed to be occupied with has to do with pio, has to do with mouth. So this will tell me that the toil that the pasuk in Iyah refers to, man is created to toil, refers to toil of the mouth. When we talk about the mouth, there's two elements of mouth. I don't know yet, says the Gemara, it mean toiling with the mouth, particularly in Torah. Imla Omal Sikha is talking about toiling with the mouth, generally speaking. So when there's another pasuk that we have, which says the sefer should not leave your mouth. Oh, so now we see that pair, what is a Jewish mouth for? I would say that the purpose is not to have your mouth empty of toilet, the, the toil that we talk about, which is not toil of work, which is not toil just of mouth of speaking, it's toil of using your mouth to speak toilet. So now we have to understand this. How can there even be a kosalka daitach? How can there even be a entertainment of a svara to say that the creation of man is just for work? What kind of an advantage is there in work that it would be correct to even think 
that the Pasuk means that the whole purpose of creation of man is in order to work. Similarly, it's not understood even when you get to the second possibility that the Gemara raises. That man is created in order to do Amal Sicha, in order to toil with his mouth, with talking. Especially the Rambam says at great length that most of the speech of man are negative speech. So how could we even think that man is created just for the greatness of speech? More is the amazement and wonderment. We know, you could say, well, the Torah and the Gemara entertained this, but it rejected it. So what are you so uptight about? No, we know that when we talk about Torah, even an entertainment of a possibility, a possible svara, possible thought, when, we, when the Gemara posits something, can we think like this? Even if it rejects it, but even this thought to accept it is Torah. As we know, then when somebody learns a kasha, we get up in the morning, we have to say birchas We thank Hashem for the giving of the Torah. We can't learn Torah without it. What happens if all that you learned, all that you're going to learn is a question in Torah or a possibility that's raised in Torah that's later rejected, that the maskana, the, that the conclusion and the answer rejects that possible explanation? doesn't matter. You still have to say birchas You have to make a bracha on the Torah because that's also Torah. Even as a possible possibility in Torah, stupidities are not even raised as a possibility in Torah. Raises a possibility in Torah means there must be some angle where it could have made sense. It could have been possible. Gemara rejects it and says, no, that's not the, the absolute truth. We get to a deeper level where that's not the way it is. But to even entertain that, this itself is Torah. So how could it even entertain that work is the purpose of the man's being, just regular work in the world, or talk? More than that, in the bracha that we say about when we have to make the bracha of tefatayu, we call it terasa, terasem, it's the true Torah. In, in other words, even if you're just learning a question or a possibility that the Gemara raises, you're making a bracha, thanking Hashem for his truthful Torah. In other words, there is something true, even in a possibility that's raised. So we have to understand that also in this context, we talk about the benefit of work, amal malacha, toiling for work, or almost sicha, toiling with speech, which... There is a possibility raised in the Gemara that possibly that's what the Pasuk means as the purpose of man. But even after the Gemara comes to a conclusion that it means that he's created for toiling Torah, it doesn't totally wipe away or reject those two other stages. It's only that those two other stages, talking about toiling and work and toiling in speech, they're not enough to be the absolute reality for why man is created. They're only build-ups. They're... they're, 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 they're they answer a portion of the question, but the truth is, Torah is the real reason man is created. In other words, says the Rebbe, rather than the only answer being the final answer, and the other two possibilities being rejected, it's a build-up. The way the Gemara has discussion is, the first possibility the Gemara entertained as to why, what does it mean? The man is created to toil, is that he created to toil for work. The second possibility is created to toil for speech. The conclusion is created to toil for Torah. It says that ever that remains, those three levels remain also in the conclusion. In order the person should truly reach his purpose of being, that he's created for toiling of Torah, he has to first have the virtues and advantages of being toiling in work and toiling in speech. And when those two things are then connected and with the toil of Torah that he does, ah, then he has the full gamut of amal, of toil that he's created for. So now we're going to understand 
First, we have to understand, so what's so special about work, about toil? Why was Avraham Avinu so against couch potatoes? And not just Avraham Avinu, why does the Torah and the Eev sum up that man is created, Adam la'amal yivaleid, man is created for toil. The Chayda, there's a intrinsic, basic question here. Man, the Eibishter is etzematayv, is existentially and essentially good. He's a definition of good, Eibishter. We know that the nature of some, something good is to do good. So how, why did Hashem make the creation in such a way as he defines in here that man needs to toil? Why does he, a, a, a beneficent and good God, why does he make the need to do this, shall I use the word, um, annoying thing called work? You got to amal. You got to toil. Now you can't say that that's because, um, well, because man doesn't appreciate that which he gets for free, right? As we know, Chazal tell us, Adam a person prefers one kav, one measure, but his mitishal kav and the nine measures that he receives from somebody else. So you could say, well, that's why Hashem doesn't, that's why Hashem wants us to toil, because we appreciate something that comes to us with effort. So the Rebbe, don't answer me that, because that nature didn't have to be. Who creates nature? Who creates human nature? Hashem creates human nature. So Hashem could have created human nature that we would appreciate getting a handout for somebody else. It wouldn't make us embarrassed. We would appreciate handouts. So the question goes back. Hashem, who is the ultimate of good, why does he create us humans hardwired in a way that we appreciate only things that, we, that come to us through effort? And effort is tsar. tsar. There's a certain pain in effort. Why does Hashem not provide us things and provide us our enjoyment and satisfaction? In other words, hardwire our nature to be that we'd appreciate things that we get for free. So the explanation is as follows. And just by the way, the Rebbe in the Sichas, there's another stage, and that is, well, you may answer that the world was created, man wasn't supposed to work. It was only a result of the sin. But that's not true. Perhaps the Rebbe mentions it here in the, in the Hardest, I, I don't recall. But why is that not true? Because we says, La'avdol shabra, man is created to work. The, 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 there's additional punishment that comes through the through the through the chetet sadas, but in the very beginning, Adam la we need to toil. So why, the nature? Why is the nature like that? So the beer in there, the absolute truthful and ultimate of good is that a person should reach a level not just the highest level that the created being can reach, standing on his tippy toes, proverbially. But it's to reach a level that he becomes, so to speak, similar to his creator. As our Chazal used this Lashon, our sages used the Lashon, to become a Shutaf, to become a partner with Hashem in the deed of creation. Ah, so that's why Hashem set up this pattern within the order of creation that a person would need to get his needs not in a way that it just comes without effort. But there needs to be effort and toil. 
in order that through this he should pick himself up, not just to the level of being a a a a, a, a wholesome recipient, which that would be the highest level that a created being can reach, but also he should be gifted to become a mashpia, to become an influencer and a creator of a reality similar to his creator through the fact that a person is his toil is required in order to change the things of the world to be as they need to be and he's doing that on his own volition he's doing that with his own energies so now he becomes a partner with Hashem he becomes similar to Hashem and this itself and this this is <coughs> the true reason for this nature that a person doesn't have any inner tainuk, any pleasure for things that he gets for free. On the contrary, there's a concept that it's embarrassing for him to get things for free. It's called nahamodichsufa, bread of shame, when something is unearned. Because in the person there is mutba, there is stamped, deeply embedded that his purpose and his wholesomeness is to be not just a recipient, but also a mashpia, also to affect a change in this world by his effort, similar to the Eibishter. Now we can understand by the first possibility that the Gemara raises is man is created, man is created for toiling in work, was haste. Since the advantage and the virtue of Amal, of toil, is the fact that through this, a person is uplifted to the level of Mashpia, of influencer and creator. And he, bec- <coughs> and he becomes a partner with Hashem in the act of creation. So therefore, it's mistaber, it would make sense to say that in what field does this toil have to be? Mainly in things that are associated with his level, the level of the created being. No, sorry. It's Not in things that are on his level of being, but in things through which he can be mashpia in my seberatius, in the act of creation. It wouldn't be about human things. It would be about doing worldly things in the daimim tzameyachai of the world. You want to be like Hashem. Hashem creates things, so to speak, outside of him. So man will be a partner in helping to create and change the reality in a level outside of him, which is, in other words, in the inanimate, vegetative, or animal life of world. And that's how he'll be a partner in the act of creation. And that's why the first possibility the commander raises is that man is created for toil means, not for speech, which is uniquely human, not for Torah, which is uniquely B'nai Yisrael, and that those are not directly, those are things higher than world, those are not in worldly things outside of the human. First, the first possibility raises, maybe man is created to be like Hashem and to act in the world, to work, change things in the world. In other words, through the fact that a person acts in the world in a way that Hashem wants, which that what Amal Malacha means, that just means work, it means working in the unique way that a Yid works. But still at all, it's not uniquely about his speech or uniquely about his study of Torah. It's about how he, as a totality, becomes a partner with Hashem in affecting the world outside of him and lower than him. So that's why the possibility raised in the Gemara is that the toil that we're talking about is that he becomes a partner with Hashem in 
effectuating, in affecting and changing the world. He works in the world. Uh, plows and plants and does it according to the guidelines of the Torah. In this way, he's changing the reality of the world and becoming a Shut of Hashem. Love. But from this itself, that a person should become a Shut of Hashem through toiling and work, we can understand that that doesn't lead a person to the ultimate of partnership with Hashem. He also needs almost sicha toiling with the mouth. Why? <coughs> because to truly become a partner in the act of creation is only when he's similar or reminiscent to his creator. And since the Eibishter is mashpia, influences and changes in the creation, he doesn't just mashpia in the creation, influences the creation. He's also mechadish. The Eibishter is also creating new, new things in creating, novelty in creation. So we understand that the shutvas of man in my Sibiracious is to be in a wholesome way, also needs to be in a way that creates a chidush in the Bria. And that's why just toiling in work alone is not enough. Even though through work in the proper way as a yid, you create an elevation in the Bria, but it's not creating a true change. Because in the koyach in the actual physical ability that's vested in toiling of work, there we don't have expressed the unique advantage, the unique virtue of man, as he is corresponding to other levels of creation. Because other levels of creation, for example, animal life also has the power of deed, the power of action. So therefore, the advantage and the elevation that man would be able to achieve in world only primarily through amal malacha, through toil of work, is still in the level, same level as the power of action of animals. It's not a chidush in the created being that wasn't there in and of its own. It's the power of action. Power of action is there in the animal life. However, when we talk also about almost sicha, when we connect it to the fact that man is also toil, is, needs to toil in speech, a speech is a, is a uniquely human endowment. It has to be, in other words, in a way that he impacts the world as he uniquely, as the human speaker species, is able to impact the world, that would create a chidush, a novelty in the world, an additional elevation, which is higher than the creation in and of its own. Creation, the way it was before the creation of man who speaks. But he is inputting the chidush, is going to be more similar to his creator, he's giving something to the world that's higher than the power of action in the world. However, that's not really still an, a true shutfas, a true partnership with Hashem. Why? Because he doesn't really have a portion in the creation. And his speech is not really taking part in the creation that happens through speech. However, when he connects himself with Torah, now Torah is the Torah of the Creator. When you learn Torah, you become one with Hashem. When you toil in Torah, the Torah becomes your Torah. Right? As we know, um, that once you toil in Torah, you kind of own it. Basically, you're one with Hashem and it becomes yours. So now what you've done is, you're, you're, now you're achieving this great Chiddush. You're joining Beira, the Creator, who the Torah is one with Him, and the created being, so to speak. The Torah is now part of who you are. So now you become similar to the, your Creator. Now you become a 
partner with Hashem in the Maise Bereshis. By toiling in Torah, you're now becoming one with Hashem. In other words, the Torah is Hashem, so to speak, because Hashem is Chachmah. You've now made it part of who you are. You're now a Shutif, and your impact on the world is that you're now a Shutif. You're a, a co-creator with Hashem, Kebiyachal, so to speak. But as the Rebbe is going to explain, we need all three levels to impact the world. It's not just at the level where you study Torah, but where there's also Amal Malach and Amal Sikha, as the Rebbe will explain. Zayim. The explanation of this in the Pinimius, in the inner track of things, when we talk about the concept of Amal Malach, about the toil of work, and Amal Sikha, the toil of speech, Friedrich Rebbe explains that Amal Malach means, what does it mean, toiling of work? That a person does his work with faith in Hashem. He trusts in Hashem that He's the one who provides sustenance and sustains the world. And it's He who will make the things that He does be for a blessing. So that's working in the natural confines of the world, understanding that it's Hashem who's operating things, but He's just the cover-up to actually work in the world. What's the Indian of Amos Sicha, the toil of speech? That's occupation in tefillah. What the mouth does, not Torah, but the mouth does with prayer. As Chazal tells us in Sicha, when it says later on in the Parsha that Yitzchak went to speak in the field, Lasuach Sicha means speaking with Hashem, means tefillah. The explanation in the, this explanation is the aside, is the basis of what we've explained earlier, says the Rebbe. That Amal Melacha, when we talk about toiling and work, it's something that is Be'erech, it is in the same realm of the creation. Amal Sicha, toiling in speech, is higher than creation. Why? Because with the faith that a person imbues his work, that Hashem is the one that provides and sustains all. In this way, a person is not elevated to the level of Elikus that's higher than the world. Because the fact that even as he is full of faith that Hashem operates everything, he still needs to go and actually activate his activity and deal and be occupied with the ways of the world and the natural state of being. The way the world is a limited and structured world. And that's why even though when his work is permeated, with the belief in Hashem, that it's Hashem who's really providing the sustenance, it's not the ways, the natural things He's doing in and of themselves. Nonetheless, the highest He reaches through this kind of combination is to a level in an ikus that is enclosed in world. However, when a person engages in tefillah, almost the toil of speech, there, his inyan is, what's the concept of, of tefillah? The concept of tefillah is sula mutzavar, so it's like a ladder that has its standing on earth, and its head reaches to the heaven. In other words, tefillah prayer is like a ladder, it's the elevation of a person from below, climbing upwards, till he reaches Hashomayma to beyond the heavens, higher than creation. And therefore, when together with the toil of work, which is engaging with the level of Elikus that's Im- embedded and clothed in the world, you also have the Abayda of tefillah, which helps the person in which the person climbs beyond the world. So in this way, in his work, he's also creating an elevation of higher than the world. 
That's what it means, like being a ladder. The ladder is, on the one hand, it's on earth, because he's an earthly person, he's working in the earth. The other hand is reaching heavenwards. So through tefillah, it becomes the elevation, not just of the person who's davening, but also of all those earthly things that he engages in, till he reaches to Shemaim, to, to, to heaven and higher from world. You understand? A person is a subtotal of everything he's doing. When he takes his subtotal, and through tefillah, he elevates himself to higher than the world, he's elevating everything upwards. Ches, even though that that's a great level, the toil of sikh, of speech, of it is a tefillah, it creates and elevates in the world to a level that's higher than creation in and of itself. However, that still cannot achieve the true novelty in creation of elevation. Why? Since the elevation through davening is in a way that it's coming through the person's own energies. And a person, by definition, is limited so also his ascent is also going to be with limitation. And therefore, through this becomes achieved in the world, also only such an elevation that's still in the realm of creation. And therefore, not in the level of change and novelty, chidush mamish. When you want to have real novelty and real change, it has to be something that's totally in a different era, totally out of the league. And therefore the maskan of the Gemara is that man is created to toil, to toil in a way that he brings something out of this world to the world, for Torah, toil and Torah. Because Torah, even the way it comes down, down below he, down here below, it's the Torah of Hashem, without limitation. And since Torah is totally higher than the creation, that's why it has the Koyach to be poil. To affect a shinoi, a change in the metzias of the world, till it can actually create that the metzias of the world becomes a metzias chadosh mamish, literally a new metzias. However, in order to be able to come to this level of toil of Torah and be able to lift up the world to a level that's totally higher and outside of creation to a new reality, first there needs to be the wholesomeness and the completion of the refinement of the world the way they are in and of themselves. So that's why first you, there's, a, there's, there's a gradual ascent here. First, there's Amma Malacha. In other words, there's the working in the matters of the world in a way that the Torah instructs you to do. Through that, a person fixes the world that it should be able to be a vessel and be in the image that seer should have the picture, the framework of Kedusha. The world's not a jungle anymore. You've worked in the world and done it the way Hashem wants you. Now the world is set up to be able to be holy. <coughs> However, that's not enough. Just toiling work is not enough. The kavana is that the world shouldn't stay at its wholesomeness in the way that it was created, even with a, with a tzir of kedusha of holiness. No, you have to add to it the concept of almost sicha. Elevate the world to a level of a course that's higher the world. And through how does a person do that? Through tefillah, through the energy that a person expends on his own volition. He elevates himself and everything he's engaged with to a way, to something that's higher than creation. And after that fullness and completeness of that introduction of Amal Malacha, toiling in work, making the world ready for Kedusha, and Amal Sicha, elevating the world through davening to higher the world, then you can come to Amal Terah, to the toil of Terah, which has the koyach, since it's mushrash, it's sourced in atzmos, in the essence of Hashem, that's where Torah is sourced, now we can achieve a true chiddush, a true novelty in the creation, that through this the creation can carry out 
the, the deepest intention for it, which is to make a dinibatahtoinim a dwelling place for the Abish in the lower worlds. That the Tahtoinim become a refined and totally recreated, a new Metzius that can reflect the reality of Hashem. As the Sebe says in R37, see at great length in the Kutzichis Khalik Vav and so on, where the Rebbe speaks about how the world becomes a dirbatahtoin. And so for this we understand that Tafka, the Mitzis in this say that we need all three kinds of toil, the Amalacha which prepares the world, the Amal Sikha, which is Davni, which elevates the world, and Amal Tara, which brings a totally new dimension of Alikus to the world. That's why those are three stages that explain the verse Adam Lamal Yulad man is created to toil, because all these three attributes of toiling are what the man comes here to do. Those are three components in creating the Chidush in Maiseberatius, which make the person a shoot of Tashem in Maiseberatius. And that's the ultimate reason we're here for. So here, Tess, based on what we spoke earlier and in the Avoid of the in the work of man b'chalal here in this world. The intention, the tachlis, the purpose is to make the world to totally ref, uh, revise the world, create a new reality in the world through the toil of Torah, which is higher than creation. But in order to do that, first you need the introduction of amal malacha toiling in work and amal sicha toiling in, in in speech and davening. Similarly, that's the way it also is in Eretz Yisrael, which is the Eretz of Yidden. So, it's a reflection. Of what David of Yidin is. Eretz Yisrael first belonged to the seven nations. What was the intention? That Yidin should conquer it and transform it from the Eretz of Goyim, of the nations, to become Eretz Yisrael, to become a holy land, a land that within it is reflected the Eid of Teda, which is higher than the world. In other words, Hashem gave it away in order that we need to work to achieve its refinement. Shem insisted that there be a, a, a kibush, that there be an amal, there be a toil to get the land, to make the land, to transform the land to Eretz And there's also these three levels here. This started already in the time of Ram. time of Ram, that was when the beginning of the 2,000 years of Torah began. You know that the world is divided into three, three times, right? 2,000 toyu of chaos, 2,000 Torah, 2,000 Yemesa Mashiach. So, Avraham Avinu was born in, um, the Torah was given in year 2448. However, Avraham Avinu already begins, sorry, I, I brought in a, a um, Avraham Avinu is created, Avraham Avinu is born in 1948 from creation. Right? So when Avraham Avinu becomes 52, it becomes the second set of 2,000 years. Torah was only given 2448, almost 500 years into that second 2,000. So how do we call that whole second 2,000 years the years of Torah? Because by Avraham Avinu already, he started to illuminate, the beginning of those 2,000 years, he started to already illuminate the light of Torah. <coughs> he started to bring into the world the light of Torah, which is higher than the world. And his meditation began as Chazal tell us, and when we talk about meditation, it has to be kidaboy, proper meditation, amal, in other words, he toiled at it. Because to come to a result, even through his bodiness, through meditation, that I was saying here, if a person didn't toil, and he says he found, don't believe it. So Avraham came to this epic revelation through his, his bodiness about the one Shem, Hashem. What did he meditate in? Obviously it was with toil. 
meditated in the Bira, the fact that there's a whole, um, there's a whole um, city, this whole uh, intricate creation here in this world, which afterwards he thought about that there, um, there's a sun and so on, and, he, and, 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 and the sun through the sun comes the, the gift of growth in this world, and all that led him through his meditation and, and contemplation to come to the maskana, to the conclusion that there is an owner to this world, there's a creator to this world. Through that contemplation itself, he came to the next step, which is that the creator of a world like this, by definition, this kind of creator is totally greater than the world. As Chazal tell us, that's not... He came to the realization from studying the world that this is not the main achievement of godliness, the fact that the worlds were created from it. So Abraham comes to recognition of Hashem to the fact that there's this intricate world, it must be through a creator, there's a moon, there's a sun, there's a sun, there's a moon, there's all this energy coming to the world, there has to be a creator. And then through further reflection, he comes to the conclusion that this creator is so mighty that this must not be the big news about the Creator that creates worlds. That's just a, that's just a, a, Hashem is far, infinitely removed from the world. So he comes to higher than the world from his meditation of in the world. Now, in order, Yud, in order that the Eretz should be a keli to the Eir of Torah, should be a vessel to the Eir Torah of Avram, to the light of Torah that Avram Avinu is going to bring into the world, which is higher than world, that through this, the world will become, the, the Eretz will become Eretz Yisrael, Eretz HaKedish, the Holy Land. First there needed to be, therefore, the Amal Malacha and Amal Sicha. It seems to me this Yud, this first paragraph in Yud, is continuation directly of the last paragraph of, of Tess, if I understood correctly, Avraham Avinu had to first go through the Amal Malacha, through seeing Hashem through the work of creation, then elevating that to something higher than creation by his own understanding, it's like tefillah, but he understands how Hashem is much higher than creation, and then that becomes the possibility, the setup for Hashem to give him what is even higher than that, Torah, which is a part of Hashem. And that's why Tafka, through the fact that he saw the people of the land busy, asukim, they were occupied with industriousness, with working the land, that's where he saw they had the work ethic. Amal Malacha, this is the land where there's an industriousness with work. And he's already done this, so to speak, this seeing Hashem within creation. That was the Hachana, that after the Hakdama and the back of, of Hashem, of Avram in his request, right? It says Avram had a Sicha. <coughs> what, what would be the Amal Sicha, the request of Avram, which Avram says, says, I hope my portion is this in this world. Now the, this land can be given by Hashem. Torah has to come from Hashem. Now this land can be given by Hashem to Avram and to his children after him. They have the possibility to transform the world to be an Eretz, be a, a land in which the light of Torah shines forth, which is higher than the Bria. So let's try just to understand. So when he sees the people working the Amal Malacha, what he sees there is the teichem, the, 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 that, that fits with his outlook on life, which is not just to take for granted that which is, but to be involved with, that, with, with what that is, to try to be a partner in creation, 
However, that's melacha. Then he prays that sicha, and then that becomes the preparation for Hashem to give the land, which becomes therefore the land which Bnei Saul will effectuate the Torah in and transform it into Eretz HaKedosh. This can only be done truly with the Koyach of Torah, which is the third level of Amal, Amal Torah.